Hey, thanks for tuning in again. Today is day four of 100. Yeah, we're here. We haven't made it to the five yet, but we've made it to four. Thanks for joining again. Um, one of the things that, because it was supposed to be how I am thankful for and sharing a photo. So I shared a photo of my son learning to play the saxophone. And I'm thankful for music. When I was growing up, being trans when you're young is not really the greatest thing. It really isn't. Especially if you have a family that doesn't understand. Especially if you have a family that is narrow-minded and unable or unwilling to talk about it. It's a very difficult situation that so many trans youth end up in. So many times we sit here and think, it's just, you know, can't they just be normal? Well, to them they are being normal. Everybody else just doesn't see it. I was there. I know what it felt like. You woke up and you hated the way you looked. And you wished that something would change, and it can't. And it's even worse when you have people that are surrounding you that are not that type of people. <laughs> We're really concerned as a community um, about the LGBT youth who sit at home right now throughout the world with families that are not friendly. To LGBT. Now, you might be asking, you might be thinking, really? Okay. They just don't talk about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Do something different. I did that. I hid in my room. I had very few friends growing up. I also lived in a rural community where I really didn't fit in. And I had, yeah, it was very difficult to be me at that time. And when you tell somebody to just don't talk about it, just just don't talk about it. Don't talk about the way you feel. Don't talk about the way that you wish things were different in your life. Just don't. Um, and then these people won't have fuel to attack you. But it's a little bit more difficult than that because it isn't just the ideas of not talking about it. It's the idea of you want to do certain things, but you're not allowed to do those certain things. So let's say you want to put on makeup, but you know you can't because that will cause problems for you that you would have to um, – adjust for or you'd have to you know defend yourself so is that really something that um a, a youthful person is able to do not really um because they risk so much there was a video a while back about a a, a young person who came out and they were gay and then the family beat the living hell out of that person. B 
beat the living hell out of him. Mom and dad and brothers. Yeah, they beat that kid. And the kid had to escape. And Lucky touched some wood or something that once was wood. The LGBT community stepped up and took care of that kid. Gave that kid a future where it really wasn't a future. It's difficult for a child because to say nothing. You, you tell your kid to choose something that is about them and say nothing about it for as long as they can. And I'll guarantee you they will screw up more than once. They will say something about it. Or you might say, God, I hate those gays. And the kid goes, oh, you hate me. See how it happens so quickly. It doesn't take much. Um, and it's really, really sad that this is happening around us all the time. It really is. It's not something we can be ready for, prepared for. It's in our faces. We can try to disguise that um, it doesn't happen, but it does. It happens a lot. And the, the things I... I usually tell because I get asked, you know, I, I want to tell my parents that I'm gay or I'm transgender or well, what do I do? They're not really um, – they're really anti-LGBT. And the, the thing I have to say, and I do echo exactly what you're saying, if you're the person that says, well, be quiet about it. I do say that, but I also know the reality. It's painful. It really, really is painful. When you sit there and there are things that you know you want to do. So like what used to happen is the JCPenney catalog would come. And I would try to um, sneak it so I could look at all the fashion. And dream that someday maybe something would happen and I would be correct. And it, it – yeah, that was young and that was a foolish thought process. But it was also the way you feel and you can't change that. You cannot um, – it won't go away. It never has. So back then we used – you know, and, and a lot of families even in the United States, not so much outside the United States, are so violent about this kind of stuff. And really it, it is really detrimental to a child's health. And I, I've said it – I've said it a number of times. I always find it funny how people are so pro-life before the baby is born. But heaven forbid that child becomes gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, doesn't matter. If they're in the spectrum, it's amazing how many parents would rather kick that kid out of the house 
them, be live with them, and support them. That's part of being pro-life. You just it doesn't just end at the uh, birth canal. It just doesn't stop there. I wish a lot more parents would clue into this. And I think it's it's funny they're like, oh, it's sinful, <laughs> you know. So was the prostitute, but Christ still took the time to forgive her and love her for who she was. You know, um, you you can't say it's sinful if you're being sinful yourself. You know, um, turning away the leper was a bad, bad thing. Christ really got angry about that. Christ got upset that people ignored. The one. He went out and looked for them. Why? Something to think about. The one is your child. And not being willing to listen, care, and love that child unconditionally is horrific. I know this is my day four of 100. But what I used to do... And I'm very thankful for it. And it was actually my saving grace was music. Um, I really wasn't very good at playing music. Just my mom and dad did not listen to me when I said the instruments I wanted to play. They were convinced that I needed to play the clarinet. And I hate the sound of the clarinet. Even to this day, it is not my favorite sounding instrument. It's just not there. And I know some people that love it. And I, you know, and good on you. I'm glad you love your clarinet sounds. And yeah, like I'm really not crazy about the trombone, but the trumpet I am. And the saxophone's okay. But music to me was more than just that. And it started with, I mean, the first the first album that I really um, started getting into music with was a collection of older music that my mom deemed was clean enough. And it had anything from the Beach Boys um, to a few others at the time. And this was... Um, Late 70s. So, you know, it, I, list, I must have listened to I Get Around so much. It probably would have drove them crazy. Um, but that was... That was um, the first music I was hooked into. And then it grew. And I always have loved the 50s style music. And I think that comes from that first record. You know, the Beach Boys really were the... Um, the reason I fell in love with music was the Beach Boys. And then um, I started buying... Mom would buy me popular music compilation albums. Like, you know, it'd be the Music Man... Night, you know, uh, January 1979, you know, and that would be filled with the popular songs of that month. And I would 
listen over and over and over again. Um, I never thought I'd be here in Australia. I really didn't. But I always had just kind of a special place for Australia in my heart. And it started a long time ago. And then you might think this is funny, but it started with um, a song from the Little River Band. I, I really fell in love with a song from the Little River Band, and I've always liked them as a band. Didn't even know they were Australian. <laughs> but they were just that band that I, I gravitated towards for a while and thought, I like this kind of music. And I like most kids at that level was listening to somewhat popish style music. As my family started not listening to me and not really paying attention to me and were more self-absorbed in their own problems. Um, as a child, I started listening to music that was more angry. Um, and it held a deeper sense of relief for me, and that would be Ozzy Osbourne um, and Iron Maiden. Those were my first two heavy metal albums. Mind you, my mom ended up, when I first told my mom A plus B doesn't equal C, she went on this rampage through my room and ripped down posters, um, threw, burned my music collection, threw it in a fire in a, in a fire pit that we had. It was a big old steel drum that she went out and just threw it in there, and it was like, what the? All right. And, yeah, it, it happened a number of times. And so usually I get it. I, I have a lot of issues that exist around that individual um, because it didn't get any better for me. And I look at the youth that are going through things right now who are LGBT and being um, alone by themselves in a family that is anti. It is really difficult to exist in that environment. I don't think I would have been so lucky. I mean, um, I did try to kill myself a number of times um, just because I hated life. I hated everything about life. I hated the fact that I could not figure out what was going on in my own head and I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I couldn't figure out why I hated my body. It's not my body's fault. It's not my brain's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's just the way it is and the way it was. But there was nobody to talk to. And that's a scary, scary moment. But music was there for me. So, like, I would I'd retreat almost all the time. I'd have headphones on. Music would be in my room just playing all the time. Because it was all I could do to keep from falling apart. And as I grew up, my dad once said to me, I know why you like music so much. 
because you think it has a special meaning in it and it, it has something to do with your life and that there's a solution for you in the music. I don't think you were 100% correct, but even if you were correct, that's an important thing. And I think that's something that each and every person should enjoy music to the point that you can feel what the other person is writing about. Like, I, I, I have an absolute love for the singer Sean James. I just – I think that his – his sound and the way he writes things is just magical, and he does a fantastic job. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a super big pop artist, but I think that he um, connects it for me. And when I listen to his music, I can feel what he's trying to say. And does that play a part in my life? Yeah, I think sometimes it does. We do that a lot. And if you don't think that you don't, why go to church then? Because you're finding that the written word that somebody has put together means something to you. It's kind of the same thing. And I was really shocked that my father would say that to me. Um, and he, it was more of a proof at that time that he really really didn't know me that well um you know and I'm, i say it over and over again i really do i did worship the ground my father walked on didn't mean that he wasn't i i didn't i did see the flaws i was not blind to the flaws but i still really really wanted to be exactly like him and i couldn't i couldn't at every try i i kept failing and it's not his fault. It was just the way it was. And I'm not angry about it. But these are some of the things that the LGBT kids right now that are cooped up in homes due to this virus are thinking. You know, I just wish I could be like them. But I can't. I'm like me. I realize there's nothing wrong with me, but I wish that if I could be like men, them, maybe they would treat me differently. That's a very, very horrible thing to think. It's very difficult. When I listened to music, it was such a release every time. I even I, I got to a certain point that music became so important in my life that what I would do, and since my mom was a a fanatic of Christian music at one point, I would go downstairs and they they would they would listen to music for like one or two times, but it was never anything really super important when I was growing up. Um. And so they had all this Christian music, and they, they would play it every time we were in the car. And it was like, good grief, are you trying to indoctrinate me or something? Looking back now, it probably was. Um, so I would take the music, and I would take the tape out of the case. <laughs> this is, And then I would have stacks of that music in my bedroom. 
but in the case was not the Christian music. I would buy stuff like Iron Maiden, Kiss. Yeah, I would buy – I would even buy popular music, and I would shove it in there because my mom wouldn't do anything to that. If she saw the case, she'd be like, oh, yeah, that's just – that's okay music. You know, but she'd look through it every so often to make sure that I, you know, she'd look through the cases and make sure that I wasn't buying anything that wasn't appropriate to her style of music. I used to come home from school and there would be piles of all my stuff from the whole room raked into a pile. How they could have. Never figured out what I was playing in my bedroom. I never could figure that out. But I was also using headphones some of the times too. Um, it was about when I turned about 16 that they started really not caring anything whatsoever. So I could have any style of music and I wasn't worried about it. Um, and it never really played any big part. Um, for them to harass or cause any problems, though I was still having difficulties with my mother in other areas. Um, but it was music, and it was my joy of music and my love for music that kept me going in the darkest of times. And now, as an adult, um, I still rely very heavily on music. Um, it's something that my kids um, are used to hearing. And it, it's anything from, you know, uh, the old 50s-style music to modern-day rock and roll to hard rock and Metallica and, you know, five-figure death punch. And, you know, they, they, they've heard a lot of stuff that most my, – my mother probably is turning over in her grave now. You know, like listening to Pantera, I could just imagine what she would be thinking. But my kids have a wide variety of musical choices. Um, they even know things like Vivaldi's uh, Four Seasons, which to me has always held a special place. I love Vivaldi. Um, just the magical sound of that music. And here recently, you know, um, due to the COVID-19, and I will massacre the poor guy's name, but he's one of the three tenor, uh, three tenors, or four tenors, three, four, yeah, well, he's a tenor. <laughs> and he sang, and I listened to it, because I had it set up, when I heard he was going to do this in this empty cathedral, I had it set up, so immediately, as soon as it started playing, it played over the speakers and woke me up, and I came in here and listened to it. And about halfway through, it was so beautiful, I just started crying. Um, I really have a love for music on a level that I don't think many people quite um, get to. And if they do, I think that you'd understand what it feels like when you rely upon music to a point where it is your friend. 
And that's where it was in my life growing up. Because there wasn't any friends outside the four walls of my room. I had a couple here and there, but they weren't they really weren't around all the time. And so they were they were acquaintances more than they were friends. Um and that that's the same thing for a lot of transgender people. And that's the same way for a lot of uh LGBT youth. You don't have that big uh, pool of friends unless you're lucky that you live in a metropolitan area and then you might have that. But if you're rural and you're LGBT, it is 10 times harder than you could ever imagine. So there's, there's my thing for day four. It's music and I'm really thankful for it. And I am very blessed to have a wonderful um, taste in music. I enjoy everything. Um, there is something in every piece of music that I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Granted, I'm not a big death metal fan. It doesn't really work for me. Um, or the super, super dark stuff. Um but I can find in majority of the music that I listen to, um, the artists do sing something that is really close to home. Um, Vivaldi, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, this, these names mean something to me. Um, even like if I'm, I'm needed, I'll listen to country music because sometimes – what is written helps you understand your own feelings. And that's important. So, well, that's it for today. I wish you all the best. And hey, maybe you can join me on this 100 journey, finding things that you're thankful for and things that make you happy. Because I'll tell you, music does make me very, very happy. Thank you, and I wish you all the best. Take good care of yourself, and we'll talk tomorrow.